Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Good evening, podcasters. I'm here tonight with Dr. Neve Korda, and she's a specialist plastic surgeon from who practices from the Cosmetic Refinement Clinic in Geelong in Victoria. And today we're going to have a talk about um, uh, the Mativa implants and active living and breast implants after babies. So thank you so much for joining, joining us, um, Dr. Korda. You're welcome. Nice thanks. to talk to you too. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. So we've got a a few questions that we're just going to ask you. Um, I know you're a real advocate for the Mativa implants, um, but we're going to talk more about um, after babies today. So what, what's the most common breast concerns that um, mothers can be faced with today? Um, two issues most commonly. One is that the breasts have deflated after breastfeeding. And secondly, that the breasts have dropped after breastfeeding. And so both of those issues sort of women feel they've lost their femininity a little bit and uh, may seek surgical help to address that. Okay, and what surgical options um, do they have? Well, the options are either to reshape the breast uh, using surgical techniques and that may need an implant with it or may not. Or sometimes if the breast hasn't dropped, it's just deflated, then you can use just an implant to restore volume. Okay. And what are the, like, after breast implants, like what are the main complications that can be associated with them and, and, and how can and does Mativa help with this? Well, probably the commonest problem that we have, commonest problems we have had is the decision-making and the agreement between the patient and the surgeon and what's compatible with the patient's body is like selecting the size, the shape, the volume and making sure that you get that right for the patient. It's very, that's probably one of the hardest things because trying to understand for the patient, often by the time they get to see the surgeon, have really quite fixed ideas of what they would like to be. And the hardest thing is the surgeons to look at the patient and go, you can't have that. And then you have to compromise and say what you can and what you can't without getting into trouble and getting complications. Because to be perfectly honest, the body has limitations in, in the implant will fit you. Like a pair of pants will fit your, your body. A shirt will fit your body. It's the same thing with breast implants. They have to fit your body and need the right size. And when you step outside those limits and push those boundaries, that's when we start to see the complications really uh, get more and more. So that is, that is one issue. The other issue is the long-term issues that when surgical complications, um, such as capsule contracture, is probably one of the hardest, uh, the most common problems that we've faced over the years, which is scar tissue around the implant which over time can start to squeeze and, and constrict the implant so it becomes firmer and harder and rounder and just looks weird. Um, so, so those are really probably the commonest. Of course, there's also ruptures and there's various other issues, there's infections and so, so, so forth. But that, that capture contraction and rupture is probably the commonest things we see. Yeah, yeah. And well, on the... Um the capture contracture, what is it? And how does the Mativa silk nanosurface help to reduce this? Okay, well, it's a, 
it's a very complicated issue but when you put anything foreign into your body that's not meant to be there your body looks at it and goes hmm don't like this let's wrap it up seal it off and wrap it up in scar tissue that's a normal body response now depending on the type of implant it can be or suture material or bit of shrapnel or whatever that your body will respond differently and some things it really doesn't like and it will just get this chronic aggravated inflammation and chronic deposition of scar tissue which builds up over time and we know from various biotech materials that are being developed for bladders, that have been being developed for cardiac, that are being developed in orthopedics. Everybody's got the same issues in medicine. We want something that the body doesn't get really antsy about and puts too much scar tissue around. Uh, Motiva have worked out, based on good science and research that's been done in biotech fields, what kind of surface that cells are happy on. So they have probably the, this will be the first of a generation of implants that we have a service now that fibroblasts and inflammatory cells actually are not so reactive to. So they don't respond with that big development of scar tissue. Right. So you don't get your capsules. Okay. And, and, is that like like how does inflammation affect the implants? Like, is that something that um, the surface helps with as well? Then, because the well, the is, inflammation is like the the key process that happens with anything in the body. Towards you, actually need inflammation to heal, which mm -hmm. sounds bizarre to a lot of people, but you do. You need it, inflammation is a word that describes the immune response and how the cells and the body's defense systems work. So if you get an angry, chronic inflammation, it'll just go on and on and on. And some kinds of inflammation drives scar tissue deposition. And, of course, that's what we get with capsules and the breast implants. Okay. So what happens if an implant ruptures? Like, are there, like, is there a, like what are the Motiva rupture rates like and how, can, how do they help safeguard against this as well? Well, Mativa rupture rates are extremely low. They are uh, way less than 1%. The, the ruptures actually is very interesting. When you look at research that's been done to ruptures, often it's through a surgical injury to the implant where it's been pushed through a tiny, tiny little hole when it doesn't have the flexibility to get through that tiny, tiny hole mm -hmm. because you're always trying to keep the scar to a minimum for your patient. Um, it can happen when it gets accidentally injured with surgical instrumentation, which of course can happen. But the other thing is just when the implant hasn't, has got weaknesses in the, the shell and the Motiva have a shell designed that you can actually see with a blue layer, they can actually see if there's any deficits in that shell, which mm -hmm. is, it's, I mean, it's, it's simple. Well, I don't know why nobody ever thought about it before. But So they have this blue layer so that when an inspection, they look for this blue layer and see if there's any weaknesses or whether blue isn't there. And then if that's the case, it gets rejected because that's a, that's a spot, of course, where it can rupture. So that's sort of immediate rupture. Late rupture with time, occurs just from wear and tear. So if you've got an implant that has got wrinkles in it, those the edges of the sides where the wrinkle is will gradually rub 
together over time and it will thin out and eventually you'll get a breach and a, and a rupture. The other thing that can happen is with the implants that you have that are really rough that adhere to the tissues, um, then you can get sort of a rupture because you get a tear and it's sort of hanging on to the tissues at one side and not on the other side and that starts to rub and you get this friction and wear and tear from that area too. So Mativa 1, it doesn't adhere to the tissues. It's got a, a the capsule around an Mativa implant. It's quite different. It's like a gossamer film. You mm -hmm. don't see the thick white tissue when you take them out. It's just this, this transparent, tiny little filmy thing. Um, so it's hardly there. Um, they also have the gel has a different different sort of um, technology in that it's a lot more elastic. It's more like um, you know the, the the mattresses that you get the memory foam mattresses that you get yeah. that sort of adapt to your body. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how the memory that's how the the gel has been designed in Motiva. So it sort of it sort of fits around the body shape and the movement. It's it's you've got to handle one to really get it, but it just feels quite different to other implants, and that of course helps because the gel sort of doesn't run, doesn't flow, but it just adapts into the body shape so, and it draws down and you don't get those wrinkling problems with the older gels which sort of drop into the bottom. Yeah. It's almost like uh, like implants haven't changed for, you know, I think someone the other day said 30 years or something, uh, like it's basically been the same implant. So it's almost like the world was ready for, a, you know, a next generation implant really. Oh, I, I would disagree that things haven't changed. Um, I mean, I think we have changed and, and tried to work out new implants and ha had changes over the last 30 years. But this is probably, to me, we've always looked at implants and prosthetics from what we can see with our eyes and feel with our hands. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time there's been an implant developed that actually takes it right down to the cellular level and how cells behave on an implant surface to actually prevent a lot of the problems that we have. And it's a completely different approach scientifically. And so that makes this quite a, well, makes it a very novel development within implants uh, and technology. Yeah. So like women today, like they're pretty active, so like compared to like a 20 or 30 years ago. So how has the technology with breast implants kept up with our changing lifestyle? Like uh, I know that Mativa are known for being um, as being for the active woman. Mm -hmm. And that is because it, it has a much softer feel. So it adapts with movement. So it sort of flows with the movement. The other thing is it's, um, it doesn't adhere to the tissues. It doesn't stick. So it doesn't pull. So if you had the implants which are salt loss, the really rough textured ones which are designed to stick to the tissues and hold them in place, it doesn't move and it sticks. So then if you get really active um, you, and it's under the muscle, you can actually get a tear and a localised bleed and then you get a, a, a seroma and then you get a double capsule and just sort of this sort of ongoing increased inflammation um, causes problems. 
Whereas, of course, if you don't have a capsule and don't have adherence to the breast to the breast tissues, it just flows and moves with the breast tissues naturally. You don't get that problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so with um, researching the brand of uh, the brand of breast implants you're going to have, like, why should women know or research which brand of breast implant they're going to choose? Because I know for a fact, like, you speak to people all the time, and they have no idea what's in their breasts. Yeah, and and it is a problem. Okay, so there's a huge choice. The science behind it is is very very complicated, and I I think it's I think to be honest, I think it's a little bit unfair to expect expect women to really know all the ins and outs of of the breast implant technology and why which type would be better for them, etc. I think what I advise is that you do see a fully qualified plastic surgeon with an FRACS who's done the study and done, done the years and, and should know what the differences are and can look at you and assess you individually and recommend what is best in your situation. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, it's, it's, um, you, you know, you've got to be wise who you go to choose wisely. You've got to choose wisely. It's, you know, and I think unfortunately there are, sort of financial deals around you know and like groupon tickets in other things mm-hmm. where you can get cheaper implants cheaper surgery and it is viable where you know i'm sorry but you you know it's like everything else you get what you pay for yeah, that's so true that's so true and so after um actually i'll talk about the types of implants so if like which imp- which implant in Mativa would might suit a woman who's wanting a natural result, like something that feels and looks like a breast. Okay, so they have, um, or they have a whole range. In Australia, we have available the um, Rounder, which is filled with the Progressive Jet Plus Gel, and we have an Ergonomics. So the Progressive Plus Gel is sort of slightly firmer. I mean, it's it's not as firm as some implants that are around. Um, but it's slightly springier, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. It's still very soft, but it's just got a little bit more spring to it. So it'll just pop out that upper part of the breast a little bit more, so you get that fullness. Whereas the ergonomics is a what I call a dynamic anatomical, so it just flows. And it's like a you know those lava lamps from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Yes. That's exactly what an ergonomics is like. It sort of slowly oozes and drops into the shape that you want. So as you move, whether you lie flat, the implant will flatten out. When you stand up, it'll just slowly um, flow into the lower pole of the breast. So it is very much a natural appearance. Okay, so that's the ergonomics would be more for someone want, wanting a natural. Result. Yeah. And what mm. about um, a woman uh, wanting a fuller, rounder result? That would be the, the progressive. Progressive plus, plus. yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. And they're the only two implant types that, that there are in, in the Australia area. at the moment, yes. Okay. And so because it basically covers round and anatomical because the ergonomics, when you stand up, becomes anatomical. Yeah. So what happens when you're lying at the beach? And, you know, like I've seen. Um, uh, ladies lying at the beach and and you know lying on their back and and um implant. the twin peaks <laughs> yes they just sit upright so yeah it doesn't do that it flattens out okay. it just just softens out as i said if you imagine it like the lava lamps yeah that's what it's like wow wow okay and so 
coming back to the pregnant woman or the woman having a baby, can women still breastfeed after having implants? Yes, absolutely. The, the, the problems with breastfeeding after implants is usually if, um, if the implant has been put through the nipple, which is extremely rare that we do these days for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've had to, that can be it because you can actually disrupt um, the surgical ducts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've had to sort of do a, a nipple correction at the same time, you'll be cutting through the ducts. But also, if you've made, the, if the nipple has become numb, like mm-hmm. if, if, you know, some women's nerves don't just come in through the side and around, they actually go at the back of the breast and up the middle. And if they're that, which is not the common type, but if you are that type, then the chances are that your nose will be damaged during the surgery and you will end up with a numb nipple. Mm-hmm. If you've got a numb nipple, the message doesn't quite get to the brain to say drop that milk. So that's where problems can occur, but by far the majority can breastfeed. Okay, all right. And how long after a breast augmentation can a woman start exercising? Okay, so that will depend a lot on how much work you've done within the operation. So if you've (coughs) had to do a lot of supportive work, you want to get those... Um, the, the support underneath the breast nice and strong before she starts bouncing. I think it's bouncing that really gives us the most grief because if you've got bouncing of a weight, which is a breast implant, onto where you've got a, a, a repair, then that can weaken it. So we would usually say six to eight, eight weeks for that. But they can do sort of slow Pilates exercise pretty soon okay. in. Okay. Yeah, but again, it varies. There's obviously a bit of variation depending on what exactly has been involved. If it's a straightforward, very simple operation, then you can probably exercise quicker than the guy who's need to have a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Because I have heard a couple of stories where people have gone and started actually lifting weights too soon after surgery. I don't mean with the Mativa, but I've just heard as a general. Um, yeah, it's a general and, issue. It it doesn't yeah. matter to be serious. It it you know the I my protocol in my practice was um, four weeks in a sports bra completely, no bouncing, mm-hmm. and then you can start doing some general exercise, but no bouncing for eight weeks. But you can do sort of other exercises, but it's just the bouncing. You know, as, as the implant bounces down onto that wound, you don't want that to happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And just a last question before we finish off, because I know it's getting late, but globally, what have the results been like with Mateba? Because I know that, you you know, you're... you're um... Well, we have... Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. There's um, a, a guy called Marcus Sporza who's a plastic surgeon, a Brazilian guy who's based in London, and he works for one of these sort of big clinic hospital groups. And... Um, they started doing Motiva a few years ago and they've done over 12,000 cases. And in that hospital group, they have a situation where if you have any complication, any problem, you come back and it gets reoperated for free. Mm-hmm. Well, they dropped their complication rate from, I think it was a reoperation rate from, um, I think it was 7%, right down to less than 1%. And the bean counters said, you've got to switch over to Motiva. Even This was during their trial when they were comparing them. And so yeah. the, the complication rate is less than 1%. That's fantastic. It's a no-brainer, really. I mean, I, I say that all the time, but it just seems like um, 
um, a no-brainer. Like a, from the thing, yeah. from what I've heard, it's just like if I was having implants tomorrow, I would only look at the Matina ones. Like there's just uh, you know with just the fact that there's all these little extras. Like even the fact that they've got the little microchips in them, so that you know if something mm. does happen down the track or whatever, you know you know exactly you know where your breast implant originated from when it was put in like you've got the whole life story hey yeah and the, the chip is is actually incredibly useful i i you know as a, as a plastic surgeon and having been doing this for 30 years you you get a patient who comes in who's had an implant in for donkey's years they can't remember and you know i, I get it but you can't remember whether you've got cyanide or silicon whether it's textures whether it's smooth what make it is, what size it is. So you're there running blind as a plastic surgeon thinking, I've got to take this out and I've got to replace it. Do I just bring in the truck so I've got everything there, you know? Yeah. What, what, are, what are we dealing with here? You've got no idea. Yeah. So if you can just run a little scanner over and it pops up and it says 250cc implant textured or sort of, um, or, you know, in Motiva, silk surface, um, put in blah blah you know you know exactly what you're dealing with you can just deal with it easy it's it's fantastic and of course if if god forbid there's a recall like there was with the pip you know you can go and you say which batch number it is have you got a problem no exactly you know exactly where it's come from and exactly where it is that's so true i mean I get it too because I can't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone what, you know. <sighs> well, you're not the only one there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's great. Well, that, that's been really, really helpful. And, and thank you so much yeah. for your time this evening because I know it's a bit late, but um, you guys are just so busy that it's really hard to catch you at normal times. <laughs> Sorry, Trish. That's okay. No, no, no. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. No worries. Well, listeners, if you're out there and you're thinking of um, getting breast implants done, definitely, definitely um, have a look at your options with the Mativa implants. You can find out a whole heap of information on them uh, on our website or you can look them up. You can Google them. You'll find them anyway. But if you have any other questions, just drop us an email to info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. And if you'd like to um, see or have a consult with um, Dr. Kudaf, you can actually get in touch with her at the Cosmetic Refinement Clinic in Geelong. So thank you so much, Dr. Kudaf. You're very welcome, Trish. Have a great night. And you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. For more information, visit plasticsurgeryhub.com.au or email info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.